Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome kings and queens to One Sick B. I am your host, One Sick B, aka Brandy. Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we whine. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces or fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I am so blessed and so honored to interview uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm so blessed with the guest today interviewing Dr. Gresham, a, a MS special, I mean, an MS specialized physical therapist from the missing link. I said it wrong, y'all. So excuse me, it's my MS. Dr. Gretchen is a physical therapist therapist that specializes in MS and from the missing link. Dr. Gretchen, thank you. I'm so honored to have you here today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. And it is a mouthful. I, I stumble over those words every time I say it. <laughs> how have you been during COVID, the new norm, just as a person? Because you do all this for everybody else, but how have you been how has the new norm taken over your life? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest way that the new norm has taken over my life is realizing how much more community I need that I never realized. And especially because I work for myself at home, I don't go to work. I don't have employees or colleagues that I get to see on a daily basis. And so recently, just a few weeks ago, I actually started volunteering for the first time just to help me get out and be in a community more. And even virtually, I've met with my friends and even some of my clients on Zoom just to hang out and meet. That community yeah. is so important. Yeah, it, it, that I was going to say that, especially working from home, uh, you don't mm -hmm. get that in outside energy and vibe with the coworkers. Yeah. So I definitely understand with you. Well, Dr. Gretchen um, is a physical therapist and she specialized in strengthening and exercising and improving uh, the whole around with MS. Uh, Dr. Gretchen, um, it is so interesting to me that not only, well, of course, a physical therapist, we love you guys. You are our core. You help us get through the moments, even though sometimes we're not nice to you guys. But I want to know what made you specialize in specifically multiple sclerosis? How did you get started on that journey? Yeah, so it's really interesting because a lot of people don't even know that that specialty exists. But I was fortunate enough to work at a location right out of grad school that had a sister company with an MS-specific program. And our boss wanted to open up an ms company organization within the physical therapy clinic that I was at. And so he just asked everyone like, Hey, who's interested in learning more about MS? And I was the first one to raise my hand because I didn't know a whole lot about MS at that time. Most physical therapy graduate programs don't talk a lot about specialties like MS, just the a brief amount of information, but in nursing school too. Yeah. I knew though that it was neurological and it affected the muscles. And I loved working on neuro-based diagnoses because it was so varied. And my favorite part about being a physical therapist is 
being creative and brainstorming and how every person can have a different treatment program. It wasn't just cookie cutter. So I decided, yep, let me try this out. I want to learn more about it. In doing that, I started treating more people with MS and it sounds funny to say this out loud, but I loved how every person was so different. I had a teenage girl, she was 19 years old, who was newly diagnosed. I also had someone who was 34. I had someone who was 65, men and women. And they all, not only did they all present differently from each other, but each day I saw them, they presented differently, which made me be extra creative giving them different exercises based on what day they were having. And it also opened my eyes to the fact that I couldn't feel confident treating them without becoming a specialist in this area because yeah, I mean, traditional or orthopedic physical therapy is so different. Yes. The goal is strengthening and balance and walking, but it's a completely different approach. So early on, it was after those three clients that I had that I decided I need to become a specialist. This is too many symptoms, too broad, too many different types of therapies to confidently treat without knowing more. So that's when I decided to become a specialist. I love that. Um, I love that you took pride and interest in something that is rare. And I know even people who are in nursing school, they just brush over MS briefly. I have a couple of friends that are nurses. My daughter's getting ready to be a nurse. They just brush over. It's like a chapter, less than a chapter, a few pages about MS. My daughter's like, oh, look, she sent me a page. Like I'm learning about MS. I'm like, well, you know more than all the two days that, you know, that you guys talk about it. So that's Mm -hmm. interesting. And I love that you went after that. Um, My question, I am, like I said, a primary progressive um, MS warrior. So I'm going to play a little game and it's going to, I'm going to, you're basically going to give me the exercise or tell me some, uh, something that I could do to help it. Um, I have tremors at times um, that far as the leg bouncing or maybe even the handshake. Are there any exercises that would help with those two things? Yeah. So that's a really great question. So it depends what's causing the tremor, but one exercise that's really great for upper body or, you know, hand or arm tremor is practicing being intentional with your movement. So okay. it's something like reaching, I'm just going to look at my computer screen right now. I'm going to reach and forward. If you guys, and I can't see it on the podcast, but I mean, it'll be up on YouTube, but also these exercises, I had forgot to uh, mention that these exercises that she will give into us, I will a link in my bio on Spotify of her page that you can go to and look for these specific ones. She has many of them. You're going to get on the page and just get lost in the maze. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So what I see in front of me right now is like your earrings. So I'm going to reach forward and I'm going to touch on my screen where your earring is. Then I'm going to touch my nose and then your earring and then my nose. So practicing touching a very specific point in front of you and then touching your nose. And it could be any two things, but you're practicing that intentional movement. So that's something that I like to do for the upper body. However, you mentioned your lower body and the leg bouncing. Most of the time, the leg bouncing is actually not necessarily a tremor, but it's due to the angle of your ankle. And so sometimes it just takes fixing the position of your leg. So I'm going to ask you a question now. So when your leg does bounce, what position are you typically in? I am sitting and my foot is usually, 
I want to say my foot is straight forward. And if it's not straight forward, it's kind of slightly tilted to the right angle to the right. Mm -hmm. And what position is your knee in? Is it straight? Is it really bent? Is it somewhere in the middle? It's it's bent. And I kind of extend it to lighten up the tremor sometime. I don't know if that makes sense. Like yeah, I'll be tremor and be bouncing. And I kind of try to stretch it out a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah. So that's, that's exactly what you should do. So most of the time, the tremor is caused because your ankle is too flexed. It's too bent. And so this often happens if we're sitting with our knees bent a little bit past the 90 degree mark, or if you're someone who goes on a recumbent or a stationary bicycle, it happens there. There's lots Mm -hmm. of different situations, but the cure for that is to straighten your knee because when you straighten your knee, the angle opens up. So it's tech. It's a tremor caused by the positioning of your ankle. Okay. I like that one. Um, I also struggle with walking to a certain, maybe a hundred feet, maybe 150, 50 yards. Is that feet? Yards. I don't know. From the door, from parking and handicap to walking in, uh, that stride. Is there some exercises that I can strengthen my core to help me make it easier? Or maybe I'll add a couple yards if I keep on practicing. Yeah, absolutely. So there's lots. So walking requires at least seven to nine different strengthening muscles. So if you are either have zero strength or less strength in any of those seven to nine muscle groups, that's going to affect your walking. And most people, when you have limitations in your walking, they will just practice walking, which is a good thing to do. However, if you just practice walking, you're just going to strengthen the muscles that are already strong. You're not necessarily strengthening the weaker ones. Therefore you won't be able to walk longer distances or with better quality. So the trick to improving the quality and the distance that you can walk is to practice those individual exercises for those muscle groups. So for example, in order to take a single step forward, you first need to shift your body weight onto that front leg. Then you need to be able to bend your knee, then lift your ankle to reduce foot drop, then lift your knee up towards the ceiling, then straighten your knee. Then your heel comes down and all that time you are standing on one leg, which is single leg stance. So that's seven different movements right there that you could turn into its own exercise. Okay. Um, I also, of course I've had physical therapy so many times. Um, I, in the kitchen, I use a stool for, for, uh, for, uh, long periods of time instead of standing over the stove. But I also use, I'm going to show you this move. Actually, since I forgot we're audio, I do, I hold on to the edge of the counter and I sidestep. What other ways with that, what other things can I add besides sidestepping and kicking my foot back that would help? That would help with standing longer, like more endurance? No, just with strengthening, because I feel like if my core was stronger, I would be able Mm -hmm. to do things, have better balance. So one amazing core exercise that is often underrated and not done enough is just simply standing up tall with your best posture for as long as you can. 
So if you can stand up tall with your knees in a slightly bent position, so they're not locked, but they're just very slightly bent. Your glutes are engaged. Your abdominals are nice and taut. Your hips are under you. So you're in a good posture. How long can you stay here for? And, you know, I have clients for some of my clients, it's 10 seconds for other of my clients, it's 30 seconds for others. It's five minutes, but the longer you can maintain that position, the stronger your core is getting. And the exercise is very interesting. I don't think nobody's ever specifically said that in physical therapy, like just stand there, you know, they do the whole, and you kind of tilt and you wobble, you know, and you can. Yep. You can do that too. You, once you're standing and once you have better endurance there, you can shift your weight side to side or front and back, or, you know, you can move your arms while you are standing, but just simply standing is a great way to build up core endurance and strength. And you can do the same thing in seated position too. So if you're just sitting up tall with, again, your abs engaged away from the back of your chair, how long can you stay in this good posture for with your abdominal muscles engaged? And the goal is to hold longer and longer every time you do it. Every time. Okay. Well, this is like, let's see one more. I have chronic fatigue. OMG fatigue is something that I think people that I, I hate for somebody who does not have MS or chronic disease and you say I'm tired and they say oh I know what you're saying I'm tired too it is an absolute different type of fatigue what are some ways that we can help uh support this fatigue and try to you know uh, there's no cure for it but what are some ways yeah that's one of my biggest pet peeves usually when I'm evaluating a new client they'll come in with their spouse or a significant other and the same thing happens that they'll say that one of their symptoms is fatigue and their spouse will say like oh yeah I get that too it's like no no, no, no. It's very different. So it depends what is causing the fatigue. There's two main reasons. One is primary fatigue. And this is fatigue that is often due to the disease process of MS. It's not anything else other than MS. So if that's what you're feeling, that is usually the type of fatigue that does require some type of medication to lower. However, Secondary fatigue is fatigue that is caused from something else like poor sleep, or you moved too much the day before Mm -hmm. you exercised too much. You're stressed. Stress can be a huge trigger for fatigue. So there's two things that you can do for secondary fatigue. First and foremost, lessen the trigger and and the trigger might be five different things, but pick Mm -hmm. one trigger and work on that. So if you know that you are not getting enough sleep, try to get into a good sleep hygiene schedule at night or even in the morning. Or if you know that exercise is one of your triggers, then work on modifying them in a way where you can exercise without feeling that excessive fatigue afterwards. So number one is figure out the trigger and target that. But the second thing, and this often sounds counterintuitive, but Exercise has been shown in research, specifically MS research, to reduce fatigue. And people will often say, like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I can't give you an extra power jolt. Yeah. Gives you an extra power jolt. Right. But the trick is it's light to moderate exercise that reduces fatigue. A lot of us, myself included, prior to becoming an MS specialist, feel like exercise needs to be running and jumping jacks and high intensity, we forget to 
understand that exercise can also mean standing up tall or sitting up tall or standing up and sitting down over and over again. These day-to-day movements count as exercise. And so the type of exercise that reduces fatigue is light to moderate intensity level. So really taking it down a notch, making sure it's something that feels light or moderate to you. Oh man, that's great. I'm so happy uh, you answered some good questions uh, that I, myself, like I said, I use uh, my example of what things I struggle with. Now, this is about Dr. Gretchen. Dr. Gretchen, I'm going to say, Dr. G, how do you pour back into you? You sow and you pour into so many people on a daily basis, helping them strive for that that whatever we have, the norm of whatever we're saying, we want to be norm. We want to be able to walk, want to be able to do this, but how do you pour into you? Because the way that sometimes you get treated, I'm not saying necessarily me because my physical therapist knows I like to laugh and joke. And, but I have had moments when I was, couldn't walk on that bar that were very intense, but how do you pour back into you yourself? Yeah. So one thing that I've been learning and understanding to a deeper level really within the last year is that pouring into yourself has to be intentional. Mm -hmm. At least for me, it just doesn't happen normally. I need to be very intentional, intentional about making time to do the things that make me feel like I'm pouring into myself. So for me, it's some of the basic things. Like I try to get a good morning routine with journaling and I read personal development in the morning and I exercise, but I also try to incorporate fun things. So for me, I really love quilting, which I feel like always makes me sound like I'm 80 years old, but I love quilting. I would have never looked at you and said, Hey, uh, so you quilt over there. Right. And so like quilting or any type of sewing reading is something that also allows me to just relax and pour into myself. So doing those types of things intentionally, like sometimes I have to plan it into my day because otherwise it won't happen. I get carried away with work or my clients or other things. So those are some of the things that I like to do. Um, Give somebody um, who is just being diagnosed, say uh, you're walking into a room, what advice would you give to somebody who's just at the beginning of their physical journey? I have two pieces of advice. So the first piece of advice is see a physical therapist as soon as you can, even if you don't have any physical limitations because it can give you a baseline measurement of where you're at with your balance, with your walking, with your strength. And then if you do at some point feel like something is regressing or your balance is getting a little bit worse, you can compare to those measurements that you had and you'll know exactly if you actually are getting worse balance or if it's just fatigue or something else that's causing it. So having those baseline measurements initially can be really important and helpful as you move on throughout your MS journey. And then the second thing I would share is if you are feeling like there's any specific day-to-day activity that's challenging for you. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I really wish this could be easier. What can I do for this? The number one question I get asked is what's the best exercise. And my answer is the best exercise is to do the thing that's hard as an exercise. So if you are noticing difficulty standing up from the floor or standing up from a chair without plopping down or sitting down without plopping down, 
practice standing up and sitting down from a chair without plopping, which often means choosing a higher surface just to make it a little bit easier, but practice it as an exercise. Or if moving around in bed or getting out of bed is hard for you to do, practice that as an exercise. It's one of the most functional ways to exercise. And when you have MS, one big way that MS specific exercise is different from traditional PT is that your brain and spinal cord doesn't have the same carryover. So you might get full strength when riding a bike, recumbent or stationary, but that strength doesn't carry over to walking and your walking isn't improved at all. Or you might get full strength in your physical therapy clamshells or bridging or straight leg raise, but your walking still stinks because you weren't practicing them in a functional way. So there's lots wow. of tips for that, but the, the most important thing is to practice the thing that you want to improve as an exercise. I never thought about it that way, but I guess, yes, you're right. Never mind. I did because you always have those one exercises that kick your butt for some reason, but we know what the reason is and you have to work at it and you have to stay encouraged. Um, and I think that's mm -hmm. kind of something that we battle with uh, going through this MS journey. Um, do you have a favorite quote that you like? I don't have a favorite quote and this might sound bizarre, but I have a favorite word that okay. for me, for myself personally, and for my clients, I think automatically, if you know what this word means, it can inspire hope and resilience and continuity in what you're doing towards reaching your goals. And that word is neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is the reason that all of us, MS or not, but especially with MS, it's the reason that you actually can improve your walking, your strength. You can go from using a wheelchair to walking. You can improve your day-to-day -day function and activities because of neuroplasticity. So our ability, the ability of our brain to do that for us, to create or strengthen neural pathways is just the most phenomenal thing. And that only presents physically like improving strength and balance and walking, but it's also our mindset. We can train our mind to be more positive, to look for the brighter side of situations through neuroplasticity. So for me, just reminding myself of the power of neuroplasticity has been helpful in reaching my goals, but also in my clients' lives. I love that. I am a true believer of that because people always laugh when I say, well, they'll say, well, I the doctor, when I told him um, that I was going to walk in and then he started seeing me walk, he was like, oh, it's because of the medicine. But I knew somebody that was on the same medicine as me and she yeah. wasn't able to start walking. But in my mind, mentally, when they told me I wasn't going to walk in, I laughed and I was like, OK, we'll see. Well, I'll talk to God about that because I know I'm going to walk in. And mm -hmm. I just kept on telling myself. But that doesn't you know, I mean, everybody's physical yeah situation is different but I love say neuroplasticity three times not you but I'm saying anybody who's listening say the word and I love that um this is my favorite part of the podcast um the definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that faces unimaginable undeniable courageous battles that life throws at you without warning but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness Dr. Gretchen you sow into the MS community so much through through your physical therapy, through your videos, through talking, through interviews like this. And the fact that you specialize 
and something that you are not surrounded by. It's not like it happened in your family. It's just something that you mentally went after because it was a challenge and challenge is a part of you and that you help us thrive through our challenges. So I just want to certify you, Dr. Gresham, as one sick bee. And thank you. Uh, it's been such an honor to uh, speak with you. And if you can give people where you, they can find you at on social media, and I'll also have it in my bio. Awesome. Yeah. So the two resources that you guys will probably like the most are where you can find my exercises. So those are on my Instagram page, which is dr.gretchen and then my YouTube page as well, which is Dr. Gretchen Holly. And you can find more about my online program, the missing link at missinglink.com spelled M S I N G link. Thank you. Kings and Queens until next time. Have a great day. Life a couple times, but it's okay, you grown. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt it to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, and don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war